Okay, friend, when I say the word marriage, what does it make you think about? I remember growing up thinking about almost a knight in shining armor who would rescue me and who would love me completely and we'd have the perfect life together. Then marriage happens, right? Well, I was so blessed to meet and marry my husband, John, after being a teen mom. So for many years, I thought, okay, God has given me this wonderful gift. And when I prayed for my future husband, he brought me this wonderful husband. And then things started to get hard. We had a couple more kids. We lived in low-income housing. We struggled with finances as John was in college. And things got difficult. I remember even after John had gotten a better job and things got easier with the kids, I still felt unfulfilled. I was looking for this person to fill me up, to serve me to make me feel loved and cared for. Today we're going to be talking about marriage and we're going to be talking about the challenges that come. Mostly we're going to be talking about experiencing the fullness of a poured out marriage. You know, in my own life, things started to change whenever I started feeling that emptiness inside that I wasn't getting fulfilled instead of trying to expect my spouse to fill me up, to make me feel better, to make me feel loved. I would do something to help my husband feel loved. I would reach out to him instead of withdrawing because I wasn't getting the love that I wanted. I would take a step forward in to John toward him and really let him know that I loved him. But today we're going to be talking about um, this wonderful book called Empty by Winter and Jonathan Pitts. But you're also going to hear how Jonathan, after living a poured out marriage, lost his wife. Winter passed away almost a year ago. Um, And really, how has Jonathan process that, but how does he look back on his marriage? You're going to hear his story. You're going to hear how he's able to look back at his marriage without regrets because he lived it, poured out. And I'm going to share a little bit of more details about one of my personal stories and how God kind of tied that to winter's passing. So you'll be hearing this all on this episode of Walk It Out. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart to heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I am so glad to have this guest here on Walk It Out. And you know, Walk It Out is really taking radical steps and doing what God asks. And sometimes He um, brings marriage into our lives to change us, to transform us. And today we're going to be talking about having a poured out marriage. And our guest today is Jonathan Pitt. So welcome, Jonathan. Hey, it's good to be with you today. And now I'd just love for you to take a minute and just introduce yourself to my listeners. Sure. Well, where do I start? Um, my name is Jonathan Pitts. I am currently an executive pastor at a church in 
Franklin, Tennessee, which is a Nashville suburb. Uh, the church is called Church of the City, and we're a family of churches. I am a dad of four little girls, Alina, 15, Caitlin, 12, Cameron, and Olivia, twins that are 10. And I am a widowed husband. Uh, my wife, Winter uh, Danielle Evans, who became Winter Danielle Pitts, um, was my wife of 15 years and 27 days. And we had a poured out marriage for 15 years and 27 days, a marriage that um, wasn't perfect, but God um, definitely used it in incredible ways. And I'm grateful um, for our marriage. I'm a better man because of Winter. And so you'll hear me refer to Winter in the present tense and the past tense. And um, I just want to say that up front because <laughs> she's no yeah. longer she's no longer with me, but she still is, and she's with the Lord. And so I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful to be able to be able to talk I'll be able to talk about her in the present and the past tense and be okay with that. So absolutely, and she is such a sweet friend. I was able to hang out with her at Declare, and you know we would I mean chat back and forth online, you know, as all the writer bloggers do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but at Declare, we got to sit there, and I was actually preparing for a Jamie Ivy podcast um, while I was there because I was going to be going the next day to interview with Jamie. And Winter's like, girl, you're stressing too much about it. It'll be okay. And she was just like that comforting voice. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually wrote about Winter in my book that's coming out. It's called The Grumble Free Year. And I'm just going to just explain it a little bit because I think it's just powerful how, you know, God just even uses her so much now. And when um I was working on the book. What our family did is for a year, we planned to try to be grumble free. Mm -hmm. So there is, you know, my husband and I, my grandma lives with us. We have 10 kids and the kids in the home were like, we're going to go a year without grumbling. And which is a huge challenge. You know, it's not like, I don't know if I can go an evening without grumbling. That's a big accomplishment. So in in the middle of this is in the middle of our year. Um, in July, we, I was doing this and my husband had to have a colonoscopy and I'm like, I had set aside my homeschool, my kids. So they're with me all the time. I set aside a week where they were just going to be at day camp all day, all my kids. So I had six kids at the time. We're all at camp and I was going to have a writing week and I was so excited. And my husband had to have a colonoscopy and on the way there, I'm like, I don't believe I have to take this time out of my writing week to go be with my husband. And, um, you know, like he totally should have talked to me before I scheduled. So, you know, I'm grumbling in my heart, not out loud. Cause you know, I'm doing this project. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when I get there, my husband, my son had dropped him off cause I'd been taking kids to camp and my oldest son or older son had dropped him off. When I got there, the doctor was waiting to meet me in the waiting room. And actually during the procedure, um, my husband's heart stopped and he had to be resuscitated. Oh my and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, it just made me realize just, you know, the things that don't seem, I mean, seem like big things at the time in marriage end up being nothing, <laughs> you know, in those situations. And so then my husband actually had to be hospitalized for five days. But it was, um, as I'm like, you know, asking God to forgive me for grumbling. And um, that was the day that I got a, a text message from Crystal saying that we had uh, lost winter. Wow. And I just remember he, it, it was the on? same day. Oh it was the God. same day that my husband's heart stopped during this procedure. And while I was thankful that John was still around, I mean, my heart just ached for you. And it just was that glimpse of a moment, even like, even though my husband was okay, like that moment, I didn't know if he was going to be okay. And just thinking of you and the girls. And um, anyway, I just ended up writing about winter and remembering that she was like, girl, it's going to be okay. Like, you don't have to stress about that. And and I'll think about that often as I'm getting worried about these little things and even grumbling in my mind that I can go back and, and think about that and just her encouragement. And I just know, 
Um, in your marriage, I mean, like you mentioned before, it wasn't a perfect marriage, but I would just love to hear how both you know, you and Winter really focused on living a poured out marriage. Yeah, well, oh, I mean, I guess I would say it's hard. It's hard to start. I mean, ultimately, um, we lived the poured out marriage because we were faithful and committed to living marriage out God's way. And I don't say that saying that we were perfect. I just say that saying we were committed to the same thing. So mm-hmm. I describe our marriage in three different seasons. We were married 15 years and 27 days. I described the first five years um, in this process of understanding that one, I wasn't perfect, which I thought I was. Um, two, my wife wasn't perfect, which I thought I knew, but I was more worried about her imperfections than I was mine. And so we we spent the first five years just struggling through most what most couples do, like d- having to make a decision to love each other despite differences, despite different histories, despite different sin natures, despite all the differences. And so that was all the beautiful moments existed within that. That was a big part of our first five years. And then our second five years, I would say we were committed to working on what it would look like um, to pour ourselves out for each other. And when I say pour ourselves out for each other, I'm referencing Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 that say, although Jesus was equal with God, he didn't consider his quality with God as something to be grasped, but took on the form of a servant, humbled himself, and became obedient even to the point of death and death on the cross. And although we're not going to be Jesus, to be Christ-like is the call for all Christians, and specifically in marriage, God calls us to you know lay down our lives for each other and says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So for me, that looked like me giving up the things that I thought I wanted in my spouse and I thought I wanted in winter and what I needed from her in order to love her like Christ loved the church. And she was doing the same, and the Bible references men doing that. But I think the same, the call is the same as believers. It's not just for men. And so the, the second five years was a process of us beginning to lay down our lives for each other. Like, what would it look like to be less selfish? What would it look like to love her despite this mistake or this um, annoyance or whatever the small thing is in marriage, because they typically are the small things that drive us nuts. And what's beautiful is I feel like because we were faithful to that journey, the last five years of our marriage, we're not only um, like we grew in friendship and intimacy mm-hmm. more than I ever thought possible, but God would also allow us the benefit of being able to work in ministry together. So I, I say that Winter got really, really healthy. She had a dad that was a, a drug addict. So when her mom was um, pregnant with her, she found out he was addicted to drugs. And by the time winter was one, her mom had moved out away from what was an abusive situation and a drug, not a good environment. And at the same time, her mom had recently given her life to Christ. But winter got healthy and healed of what I would call kind of, you know, father wounds about right before the age of 30, probably 28, 29. And I saw this woman become a workhorse for the kingdom of God in the magazine she created for her daughters and the things that she wanted them to know that she didn't really know about what God said about her, what he thought about her. And I got to join her on that journey. And I think because we were obedient to being faithful to one another, we just partnered in ways that I hope and pray every couple that wants to grow in marriage can. Maybe not in professional ministry, so to say, but just partner on kingdom stuff. And so for our last five years of marriage, we were best friends. We were um, incredibly close. And we got to work together in ministry, write together in ministry. And we were working on projects together when she passed away. And so I don't even know if I answered your question. But being poured out was a process, and I'm glad that we did it. I can sit in my counselor's office now and not regret what I didn't do or what we didn't get because simply because we were committed to a process that grew us together each day. And I feel like we accomplished what God called us to accomplish together. You know, and um, uh, you know that that doesn't mean I don't struggle emotionally, but it does mean that like cognitively, I believe that every day, and emotionally, sometimes my emotions line up with my cognition. Most days. So. 
Yeah. What I love about what you said too is how, you know, you're best friends, but also partners in ministry. And I think, you know, first of all, I'm so thankful that my husband, like right from the beginning, when I'm this mom with three little babies at home saying, you know, my kids are at three kids under the age of five. And I'm like, I want to write books. Like he never laughed at me. You know, he never mm-hmm. like said that that's silly. Like, how could you fit that in? Or, I mean, I only have my high school diploma. Like I don't even have any creative writing degrees or anything, but he was so encouraging and he saw that this passion was from God and he would just encourage me. I mean, we scraped together money. We were living on low income housing for me to go to my first writer's conference. And I could just see that um, you and Winter were like that, just encouraging each other in the plans that God has for you. And I think that's part of emptying out of ourselves because so many times we focus on like, this is my thing. Um, and my spouse, if they do their thing, it's going to get in the way. How did you see that you both grew and benefited when you su- supported each other in service and in ministry? Well, first I have to admit um, failure on that. Like your husband was a better man than me in the sense that Winter told me we were 21 years old. We were on our college campus dating and she said, I want to write a book. And I said, what do you want to write a book about? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, you might want to figure that part out. Kind of self-righteously thinking I kind of knew the answer of like the process for getting there. And what's beautiful is Winter wouldn't know what she wanted to write about until uh, probably about 12 years from that point. Um, wow. And it would be because she would just embrace what God put in front of her, mainly her daughters and the plan that God had her to pour out her life for our girls. And God would begin a process of writing on her heart things that he wanted to, her to write to her girls. And so I didn't, I wish, the only regret I have in marriage is I wish I knew the beast that I married. And when I say beast, I mean that in the positive mm-hmm. She was an incredibly gifted woman and God was going to use her in amazing ways. And I wish I believed in it earlier because maybe I would have been more supportive. Like that very first moment when she wanted to say, when she said, I want to write a book, like I, maybe I would have just, you know, said something different, done something different that would have sped that up and she would have done more for the kingdom. But ultimately God had us where we were and right. we were together. I honestly like, What's beautiful for me is in um, emptying myself of self-righteousness and a lot of selfishness that I had, God allowed me the opportunity to serve a woman that was like, I thought I was the gift to our marriage and I was going to help clean her up. You know, the Bible says, husbands love your wives and Christ love the church. And it basically describes this process of that, that Jesus cleans, cleans us up. And it kind of, it, it, it relates marriage to that. A lot of people that are listening know the scripture but so I thought I was fulfilling that command to clean winter up, and ultimately God was like going to use me as like this helper for her. And now one of my greatest gifts is continuing her ministry and continuing her work, even with her not here. And um, you know, honestly, it was me dying to myself and dying to what I thought I wanted and needed in her to actually realize the gift that she was to me. Like I couldn't even see the gift that she was to me until I died to the things that I thought I needed and wanted. Yeah. Like, Again, I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> no, I think I think that's so good because it is, it's really, um, I mean, it is humbling ourselves to figure out. Okay, it's not all about me because you know, I mean, every marriage we go in thinking this is the person for me. This is it, it's all about me, and I think it is really saying who have you made my spouse to be, and how can I, like help them and support them and encourage them. And you're continuing to do that. You're continuing to, you know, to support what she was so passionate about and encouraging the girls. I mean, all of it is about humbling ourselves and really seeking what other, what God wanted for the other person in that marriage. And I think that's what we, we miss out on. Yeah. As we were writing our book, um, a concept that we had kind of stumbled upon is that the kingdom is better because we are together. Mm -hmm. And, 
as to the degree that our me, like my me, thinking about me can, can become we, will be the degree that God can use us together. That was one of the things that we talked about. And, um, and you know, we write a little bit about that concept of our me becoming um, a we. And that only happens when me, when I lay down myself for her, God actually ultimately makes it about us together. And um, what's beautiful for me now is even though she's not here, it's still about us. Like she's always going to be a part of my life and always going to be a part of my story. And we'll always have the work that we've done together. And whether, whether it be books or whether it be our girls or whether it be anything that we invested our lives in, like that thing is only a thing because God called us together. And so I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. And I honestly look on even my loss with gratitude because I only know, um, I, because I've lost so big, I realize how much I had. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, really grateful. That's really good. And I love how you talk about um, patience in marriage. And I think that's one of the hardest things when, you know, we, you talk about we have the microwave, instant gratification, social media world. And sometimes even the challenges, like challenges are there kind of re to reveal, I found, reveal what's really going on in our hearts, reveal what's going on in our marriage. And we have to work through, through these things together. And sometimes we want to rush through. Mm -hmm. And we want to put band-aids on things. So I'd love for you to share just about um, just taking the time kind of to work on the things that God needs you to work on kind of in your heart and then help your spouse do the same. Yeah. So I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of one of the things in my life that I was the least patient with about winter. Um, I remember when I realized that she was a napper. I'm a, I'm an achiever. I'm a, we were just talking about this. I'm a three on the Enneagram and I, uh, I, I like to get things done. And for me, the only thing that matters is progress. It's kind of like if I'm sitting still, I'm wasting time. And what's beautiful now is I have winter, uh, we redid our bedroom about a few months before she passed away and over our bed, she put the, these two posters and they say, be still be one. One says be the other one says still they're right next to each other. It's a reminder to me just to relax. And the thing I was the least patient with winter in was, um, the fact that she napped and I actually on our 14 year anniversary, um, or su real, real, right before our 14 year anniversary, went to Santa Monica, we were at a hotel just on the beach, just relaxing. And we get to the hotel, we check in and winter does what she always does when she gets to a hotel, which I used to be really annoyed at. She'd get in the bed and just kind of take a nap. And I would go to the gym and work out because that was me achieving, doing something and not relaxing. And on that specific day, I remember, um, it was the first time I, re I realized, um, that I was, I basically, I posted on Instagram, I, I took a picture of her in the bed taking her nap after I got back from running. And I said, I think I'm finally okay with this picture. And the thing I'd come to realize is the very thing that I was impatient in about her, like hoping to fix and change was the very thing that God would use to change my heart, to realize that I need to be a more patient person and to trust that God is working all things together for good, even when, when I'm not doing anything or getting anything done. And she was such a productive woman. And I, and I realized her ability just to relax and be still was something I would need to grow in. And God would take 14 years of my marriage to help me figure <laughs> that out. And so I had a year of like actually just living in that quite well, I think. Um, but patience is one of those things that I think God is, it's, it's one of the fruits of the spirit because it is a fruit of the spirit. It's not anything that we own. It's something that God owns that he grows us in. Um, but it's one of those things that you only develop and appreciate over time. And I, I, I know that personally from my own story. So. Yeah, and I think you know, being a three on Enneagram, I mean, for me, 
there's always something to do. It's always like there's important things for me to do and I need to accomplish those today. And just even a couple of days ago, um, my kids are like, we want to go to the pool. And I was thinking like, I already had my afternoon planned. They were going to play outside <laughs> with their friends in the neighborhood in summer. And I was going to get all this work done and ended up going to the pool with them. And as I'm laying there, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of nice. <laughs> like, yep. Laying yep. in the sun, jumped into the water for a while. I'm like, wow, this is what people do. They like relax and they enjoy things. And it's just funny how God often in marriage, the, you know, the opposites attract sometimes. And, um, you know, it does take us just really appreciating the other person and understanding like God made, you know, winter that way. He made me a certain way, you a certain way. Um, but we can learn more about ourselves and like that be still, we can learn to be, be still. And it's not always about getting things done and achieving. Um, so I would love to hear going back, if you could, you know, go back and, and talk to that um, younger self and new, newly married um, husband, what encouragement or what advice would you give him? Yeah, I would, um, I would encourage him to look for the gifts that are already in the woman that he's marrying, not look, not look at, to encourage him not to look at her as a project to be um, fixed. And mm-hmm. I, honestly, like my biggest problem was thinking that I was bringing all these goods to marriage and that I was the one that was going to be, I had, I really had a savior complex. I don't know if it was maybe just growing up in, um, a Christian context with a married set of parents and her coming from a background with a dad who was a drug addict. And like, I, maybe there was just part of me that felt like she had some cleaning up to do that I could help with. And right. maybe, maybe all men struggle with that. I don't know, but I definitely did. So I would just tell him to just look for the gifts that are already in her and, and actually look for the things that you think she needs to help you clean up. <laughs> because what I did right. realize I actually had those things in my life. And, um, winter was a big part of me understanding how imperfect I was, how broken I was, how much in need of, um, a savior I was. And, um, and, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't take long for me to figure that out when I was with her. And yeah, so I would just, it just encouraged me to, that way, I guess, just to, to look at the gift that she is. I, we, we get so focused on what we want different in that person. Right. And it clouds the view of, of the image of God that's, that's in them. And that was as much as I loved her and as much as I fell in love with her, that was still clouded. And I think that's the trick of the enemy is to cloud that constantly. And it's, you know, why divorces are happening nonstop is because we're looking for things that, um, that we need that they're not giving us and not realizing all along the very thing that we need is the thing that God has already put in them. And yeah. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and I can relate to that kind of on the flip side because I was a teen mom. So I was a young mom. I was 18 um, when John and, got, John and I got married and had a baby. So I was the one feeling like, oh, I just need to get my act together. And almost like you need to save me. I mean, type stuff like you need to like we need to be the perfect Christian family now. And um, and I, I think so many times in marriage, we, whether we come feeling like we have our act together and the other person needs to clean up, clean up, get cleaned up or the other flip side where I was like, oh, I'm such a mess and this person's going to help me get my act together. Mm. It really is in that unity and in that coming together and in that pouring out, realizing that every single one of us has our flaws and we all make mistakes, but learning to love and forgive um, unconditionally and sometimes even when it's hard really helps us understand the unconditional love of Christ and that, you know, we, no one's perfect. Like whether... Sorry. What's, what's beautiful for me, I have in my bedroom fl- frames um, beside my bed, 
uh, Winter and I did this uh, Weekend to Remember, which is a family life ministry oh, thing. Yeah. We did one of those. I remember not really enjoying it that much because the hotel wasn't like my favorite hotel and just wondering what we were going to get out of it. We were actually, it was a, it was a season in our life. Where we were struggling a little bit because we were actually just starting to work together and probably frustrated with each other's work styles, which were very different. Um, but one of the beautiful things is we write, we wrote letters to each other. And now I have that letter framed next to my bed and winter talks about, she's like, Jonathan, thank you for being who you are because you know, you like the things that I actually thought I wanted to do. And I thought what God was calling me to do, he was actually using me for like winter appreciated the fact that I'm achiever and appreciated the fact that I like to check boxes and appreciated the fact that I care about my health or I care. Like she appreciated that and she needed that at a certain level. She just needed it much less than I thought she did. And Mm. so, you know, that that there is a reality that God made me specifically for her and made her specifically for me and that his design is a good design. Um, So. Oh, I love that. Okay. Now you have four girls girls. and they're getting older. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I mean, first of all, I think it's just amazing that you have this marriage book that <laughs> you, you can have for them. And it just shares so much of um, your relationship. Have your girls read that the book at all? Or No, it's kind of funny. My girls could kind of, at this point, care less about what Winter and I have done in ministry. My oldest daughter, Alina, she somehow got to an interview that I did. Um, I think it was the Focus on the Family interview that Winter and I did together. And she she found herself like looking at more YouTube videos and she got interested because we were talking about her as a younger girl and talking about ourselves and some of the things we went through. So right now they only, they only really care as much as they hear things about themselves you know, they're just normal kids. And I love it. I love that they don't care. And I, what I love though, is that not only from our marriage book, but even the parenting book we did together, she is yours. Like my girls will never wonder how their mom felt about them, what she thought about God, um, all of her resources, We've got all these different memorials about um, and documentation of her life and um, her ministry, and so I'm grateful for that. But my yeah, my girls are just kind of normal little girls, and yep. every once in a while they'll find like an article in the magazine that they really love, and they they like getting the magazine. But outside of that, they're you know they're normal kids that don't have much interest in hearing much about mom and dad. I know they'll appreciate it later though, for sure. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say because. Um, as I'm reading through the book, I'm thinking this is just a treasure, first of all, just to hear both sides of your story, you know, from both of you in a book. But um, one of the books I recently, it just came out last year, was um, Calming Angry Kids. It's a book about kids and anger. And, you know, I had my kids kind of read through their parts of the story to make sure that it was okay for me to share. Um, but one of my girls just picked up a copy this morning and she was sitting in the car. I was taking her to an appointment and she was reading it and she's like, mom, you really thought that way or wow, this is really amazing. You know, it's, you know, it's it's taken her a while to get to it, but I think, you know, most of the time we don't stop and take time to write these things, to like write our stories, to write how God changed us, to write how, you know, what was happening in our lives applies to scripture and how God, you know, grew us through the process. And I think, I mean, I love that there's this, you know, someday it it will matter to them to to go back and read these stories and to see um, how God was in your marriage and um, continues to just change you. Um, in the process, but well, it's neat too, because I, I'm realizing my girls actually retain more and have more than they even let on. So I was actually doing an interview with Crystal Hurst, which I'm guessing you probably know Crystal or yeah. at least Crystal. So we were doing an interview the other night and as we're doing it, Alina is in the interview and we're talking about the night that, um, that winter passed away and Crystal was at the hospital and she says to Alina, um, 
they need a sister, be their sister, be their sister. And Lena articulated this back. I've never heard that before. Mm. Never heard it before. And so the, I'm sure there are dozens of things that I've said to my girls or things they've read in passing or flipped through our book and they're retaining even now that they just don't let on to dad just because it wouldn't be cool to let on to. So that's at least my prayer anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're thinking about ahead, I mean, to your girls' marriages, um, what advice do you think you're going to give them as they, you know, think of, as they mature and think about maybe their own marriages in the future? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would just, uh, it, it probably will be very boring, but it's, I think I want them to have a right, right size expectation of what marriage is. And what it's about. One, it's about the kingdom. It's not about us individually. Mm -hmm. So one, I want them to know that whatever they're getting into, it's bigger than them. And it's bigger than, um, it's bigger than, it's not just about their love interest. It's not just about romance. It's, it's, it's things that God wants to do in the world and God wants to renew in the world through you and through your lineage. So I want them to know the importance of what marriage is and what family is. And so I want them to go in eyes wide open about the grandeur that God had in mind when he was um, designing their, their, um, their, their spouse. And so I think when the hard times come, I think the, the benefit that Winter and I both had, and we, we came at it from different angles. The benefit we had is we both understood, um, biblical marriage and we understood what God expected. So in the hardest of days and the hard moments in, you know, the most difficult and darkest times in our marriage, like we knew that it was bigger than us. And so we were able to hold on and fight and, I just have a right-sized uh, perspective on marriage. And so, again, that, that might sound kind of boring. It might not sound like, um, you know, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman <laughs> and all that, but it's, it's, it's real and it's true. And because we had that picture, I can now look back on our marriage and, and what God did through it and, and know that it wasn't in vain and know that it wasn't too short and know that it was exactly what God wanted it to be. Right. And I just think, I mean, and not only you have that picture, but you have a picture now in the book that you're sharing with all of us and, um, you know, how you had just turned it in um, when she passed away. And it was like, God was saying, okay, this is your message. Like it's there, it's in print. Um, yeah. And now he's going to continue to use that. And I just pray that this book will get out and continue to reach hearts and Bless hearts, and I think this is a wonderful book for. I mean, to buy for couples when they first get married, um, and maybe you know. I think sometimes when we first get married, we think we know it all, but if it's sitting on the shelf a while, then they could definitely pull it up and um, <laughs> brush it off and say, "Okay, now what was that book about?" And uh, what encouragement can I give? Because I think all of us just need encouragement to be reminded that um, it is all about being emptied out and being intentional in our marriages. Yeah, we we actually wrote it with a, a couple. Margaret and Aaron, friends of ours that lived with us for a short couple of months, but they were a new, newly married couple. And I think what we wanted to do is identify them with the, in their struggles, because I think the things that we don't want to share in marriage are the things that are typically embarrassing, or we feel like they're petty, but they're the things that destroy marriages. And so we kind of air some of that stuff and some of our most embarrassing moments, um, just to let them know that they're not alone. And um, I think for young couples, they all need that encouragement. When, I know we did when we were young. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here today and um, just sharing this book and sharing your heart. And um, I, I know Winter is super proud of what you're doing and just um, you and the girls. Well, it's my honor just to kind of continue um, her ministry and sharing her message. And I'm grateful that God allowed me to be best friends with an incredible kingdom woman. So, Absolutely. And where can people go if they want to just find out more information about the book or any of the other ministry things that you're doing? 
Yeah, to find out more about the book, you can go to emptiedbook.com. They can buy the book anywhere, wherever books are sold. But emptiedbook.com is the website that will share a little bit more about our story and um, even share some more free resources as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. I just appreciate so much what Jonathan had to share about his marriage with Winter and just how he continues to honor her after her passing and just know that um, his love for her and just the marriage they had is going to be an amazing testimony for his girls in years to come. And I just know that this book also emptied. It's going to mean so much to them. And as we were chatting after the recording stopped, Jonathan said, you have to go check out my um, a dance that I did with our on our 15th anniversary. It was just shortly before winter passed away. So we're going to put that in the show notes. It's um, winter and Jonathan's 15th anniversary of a dance that they had and he was able to record it and just have that to look back on. And I think it's so encouraging that even through our struggles, whether it's in marriage, whether it's out of marriage, maybe you're not even married, but God can be there for us. He can help us through every tough spot and he helps us when we pour ourselves out. And that really goes back to our walk it out verse of today, which is Luke 9, 23 through 24. It's the NASB version. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. And that really is what being emptied out is all about in every relationship that we have about losing our lives. And um, there will we discover a new life, an amazing life that we had never even anticipated. One thing I really appreciate is just how um, Winter and Jonathan supported each other in their ministries and they worked as a team to serve others for the kingdom of God. And that ministry continues today. In fact, you can um, check out for girls like you, the website is there, the magazine, lots of resources is there, and it really is Winter's Legacy. Um, the website is just forgirlslikeyou.com, and I, again, we'll put that in the show notes. But let me just pray for us today. God, I am so thankful that you are there with us, and that even whether we think we're um, bringing wonderful things to our marriage, whether you feel like we feel like we're bringing baggage to our marriage that in each case what we need is more of you and what we need is just being poured out um, you say that if we wish to come after you we must deny ourselves and I think one of the most important places where we de- deny ourselves is in our marriages I pray that you will help us to do that better I pray that you will help me to do that better Lord and even when we have those grumbles and complaints and um, the little things that just seem to get us down or drive us crazy, that we will um, turn our attention towards our spouse and towards you, God. I thank you so much that you are the one who help us lose our lives for your sake. I pray for those that are hurting today in their marriages. They don't see an answer. I pray that you will just bring healing and hope to their hearts today. Um, and that you will be an encouragement to them. I pray for those also that maybe would love to be married someday but aren't, that you will, again, 
just bring hope and encouragement to their heart. And mostly, Lord, I pray for all of us that we will just understand what it means to give up our own right to ourselves and turn it over to you and turn it over to our spouse and our marriage. And may you be glorified in it all. Well, friends, I am so thankful that you're here today. Um, and again, check out the 15th anniversary video of Winter and Jonathan. Now, it, as of this day that it's airing, um, yesterday would have been their 16th anniversary. So just send up a prayer for Jonathan as he is facing, again, his anniversary for the first time without his wife. But um, I pray that you will be encouraged. I pray that you will live in a way that will just pour out love to those around you and that you will be an example of Christ for those in your home and beyond it. And may you be blessed. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.